Welcome in to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Wargold, the Wisconsin football and basketball beat writer for Rivals.com, just waiting to cover something. Haven't really covered any sporting events since Wisconsin won the Big Ten Championship, a piece of it, in early March. And now here we sit on July 31st and we're hearing that college football might not even start on time or might not even happen at all according to a recent report by Yahoo Sports, at least from a Big Ten perspective. We'll dive into that here in just a second. A recruiting guest, a special recruiting guest. We've had a lot of committed prospects on the podcast here over the last several weeks and months. Today, we have an uncommitted prospect in tapped Connecticut high school wide receiver Skylar Bell, who is considering Wisconsin along with Iowa, West Virginia, Rutgers, uh, Virginia Tech, and a number of other schools. He'll come on and talk to us about his football background, the process of his decision. He originally was going to decide May 20th, but then has since extended his decision, his relationship with Wisconsin, Alvis Witted, the new Wisconsin wide receiver coach. We'll talk a little bit about Iowa and kind of the, the trouble or the headache of going through a recruiting process, such a big decision, virtually online and dealing with all your phone calls and visits entirely over the internet kind of a unique time period that we are living in in the world of recruiting Skylar Bell will come on and talk to us all about that in a couple minutes but Wisconsin football we think will be starting here uh, in about a week and a week and a half or so with their fall camp but news continues to come out and not in the good sense from a Big Ten perspective the Big Ten as we talked about last week has shrunk its conference schedule or its season schedule down to just conference games, nine of them. We expect to have maybe 10 to kind of follow along with other models from other conferences. The Pac-12 will play 10. The SEC just announced it will play 10. The ACC announced it will play 10 in a non-conference game, I believe. The Big 12 we're still waiting on. Kind of a weird situation that we're going through. And now we just found out today that the Big 10 might not play at all in the fall. Um, a Big 10 source told... Uh, Big Ten insider and uh, Purdue publisher, Purdue Rivals publisher, Tom Deanhart, that September 5 is the start date for the Big Ten, which looks likely the original start date for the league. The schedule should be out soon, maybe in the next 24 to 48 hours. That was the first report. However, college school insider Pat Forty from Yahoo said league has advised members it still might not play this fall. Decision on whether to start camp on time will be made in the next five days, but with testing protocols in place, that is the expectation. And then it goes on further, the Big Ten memo uh, from Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren and Chris Cravelhill, chair of the League Task Force for Emerging Infectious Diseases, was sent to conference ADs uh, yesterday, stating that the league is still evaluating if the COVID-19 testing procedures, supplies, and protocols are adequate to begin training camps on August 7th. Uh, Quote, many options are under consideration within each sport, and we expect these updated schedules to be released in August 2020, said the letter. While we remain hopeful for a start in September 2020, flexibility has been created within our scheduling models to accommodate necessary adjustments. Consistent with our collective need to be adaptable to changes in circumstances and evolving medical knowledge, even issuing a schedule does not guarantee that competition will occur. And that's the big one there. Just because we're going to get a schedule here in the next couple of days, likely 10 games, 
could be actually could be a little bit less. Could be just division games. Could be no divisions this year. The schedule might not even happen depending on the procedures. Now, Michigan State has shut down off-season workouts. Rutgers has shut down workouts. Ohio State has shut down worker workouts because of the virus. Michigan has had positive tests. We have not had an update from Wisconsin the last several days and weeks leading into camp. It's just absolutely a mess. Now, as for training camps, the letter says, we will not and cannot proceed with preseason camp until we are certain that we can do so safely, and that will depend in part on testing. Once we have everything in place to execute our testing protocols effectively, including the appropriate number of tests secured for all fall sports, we can make a decision as to whether preseason camp will begin as currently scheduled. They have to do all of that before August 7th, which, if you're looking at your calendar, is a week from today. Now, per the report, the letter says the Big Ten will release its medical plan for the resumption of sports next week as these protocols are being finalized by the task force and the Big Ten Sports Medicine Committee. It doesn't really sound like that fall camp is going to be starting in a week for the University of Wisconsin. Now, you look at where this could go awry, or where this, I should say, could work, is that the schedule is going to have more bye weeks involved. There's going to be now four or three if Wisconsin and the other Big Ten teams add a 10th game. The Big Ten championship game could be pushed back a couple weeks. I believe the SEC championship will be held on December 19th, so that's going to be pushed back uh, two weeks. So there's time here built into this scheduling model where if teams need to get A, a later start, or B, have an outbreak, midseason that games can be switched around since you're just dealing with one conference uh, and kind of one set of protocols but so it doesn't feel like we're going to be playing football here in a little over a month at Camp Randall Stadium between Wisconsin and Indiana it doesn't even feel like we're going to be playing football at all and you look at what is going on in Major League Baseball right now with the Miami Marlins having 16 plus players test positive and games being canceled the Brewers home opener today has been canceled or postponed, I should say, because two players on the Cardinals have tested positive. You can't do a bubble system in Major League Baseball, and you certainly can't do one in college football. Too many players, the traveling parties are too big. It's going to have to be severely restricted. And it's one thing, I've said this before, to make professional athletes quarantine away from their families in a so-called bubble. It's almost impossible to do it to college athletes who are not currently being paid uh, to take them out of the college life for six months or so and make them kind of go through this process. And football, you can't rush. You can rush basketball. NBA, I think, is playing games or having teams play games every other day before the playoffs. And Major League Baseball, you can play you know, two games a day for several days. You can't do that with football. You can't play every three or four days with these college kids. So this is going to be a mess. This is going to be a headache. We have gotten no word from the University of Wisconsin as to uh, what kind of uh, setup they're going to have, what kind of media access there is. I can tell you there's pretty much going to be no media access, seeing what uh, the other sports are doing. It's all going to be via Zoom sessions. We have not heard an update from Paul Chris or from uh, Sports Information on positive tests. We know as much as you know. And what we know right now is that football in the fall is looking less and less every single day as these numbers spike across the country. However, there is still some good news for the University of Wisconsin in that they are recruiting 
an exceptionally high level. This recruiting class for the Badgers continues to be a top 20 class. No one has committed since Ricardo Hallman did over a month ago on June 22nd, but the class, 15 in total, still rank uh, 17th in the Rivals.com rankings, and they've hit a lot of key aspects in this class. Quarterback, a uh, couple running backs in theory, offensive linemen, some really good offensive linemen, I should say, uh, of the four-star quality. A lot of really solid linebackers. Ricardo Hallman, like I just mentioned, Jake Cheney from Florida. They have a really good tight end, and Jack Pugh, uh, some really solid defensive end-type uh, prospects. Uh, Daryl Peterson, although he could eventually make his way to outside linebacker. T.J. Bowler's the big kid who committed in mid-June. He's going to be an outside linebacker, four-star prospect. Michael Jarvis, uh, who fits the bill of a really solid 3-4 player uh, from Medford, New Jersey. Hunter Wohler, the defensive back from Muskego, could be really good, paired with Brandon Allen in the 2022 class in a couple years. A lot of really good players in this class, but the one spot that Wisconsin doesn't have anyone right now is that wide receiver. And Skylar Bell, as you heard a couple weeks ago when we had Deacon Hill on the podcast, talked about how he was going after Skylar Bell. And a lot of schools have been going after Skylar Bell. Kind of an under-the-radar type guy, but Wisconsin offered him in late April and have really made up some ground with him. Uh, enough so that's, that Bell, who was originally supposed to commit in late May, pushed off his decision did a virtual official visit with the Badgers in late May and said it blew him out of the water. He's done another one with West Virginia. He's gone on some visits. Iowa appears to be that main contender for him. He has a former high school teammate there in Deontay Vines, a wide receiver. But, of course, there's some stuff going on with Iowa right now with their culture that could draw some red flags to certain recruits. But you look at where... Uh, Skylar Bell is really, you know, really makes an impact, and it's all over the field. Uh, from Taft High School in, in Connecticut, uh, talking to his coach, uh, Tyler Whitley, Rivals did. Uh, he says, quote, Skyler is an extremely impressive athletically, 6'1", almost 190 pounds with a 40-inch vertical, and he ran a 4.51 at Penn State. Physically, he looks like you would... He looks like what you would have made on Madden if you're making a wide receiver. He has good ball skills, he is tough, and he is a worker. He really works hard on his craft and is a very good ball player. He is also a track runner who is a multi-sport athlete. His father is a personal trainer, so he has been working with him since he was able to walk. He is a kid that is very focused on what it takes to be an athlete at the highest level, and he's doing everything he can to get to that point. Started both ways for our school. He is playing safety as well. Uh, they, they start receiver safety. They, uh, he's a returner. Really does everything well uh, for tax school. That's part of the reason why Wisconsin has him so high on the recruiting board and why the Badgers would love to add this type of player to their 2021 recruiting class. Our guest this week is, I think, in a lot of people's minds, one of the top wide receiver, uncommitted wide receiver players in the East Coast. He is Skylar Bell joining the program. Skylar, you've had a, an interesting kind of offseason here in the terms that you were ready to make your decision, then the pandemic kind of hit, and then some new offers came in. So it's kind of delayed you a little bit. We'll get to that in a second, but you know, a lot of college athletes and uh, high school athletes that I've talked to said that this pandemic has been good for them in the terms of their strength and conditioning. And really, in your sense, with your dad being a strength trainer, I'm guessing that you've had the opportunity to really get some good work in. How have you evolved and how have you tried to evolve during this prolonged quarantine? Oh, 
yeah, so like you said, you know, my dad's a personal trainer, and, you know, he he's on me. We work almost every day, if not every day. And, um, you know, he's just trying to get me to that next level, uh, you know, because we – and my, I talk to my family a lot, uh, my brothers especially, my dad and my mom, and we think that I'm slept on. Um, you know, being that, you know, I play football in Connecticut, you know, people think that Connecticut football isn't that strong. So, you know, my dad, he helps me a lot, just trying to give me, you know, trying to pull people along, trying to give me bigger, faster, stronger. And this, although the pandemic, you know, it hurts, you know, worldwide, uh, I actually have had some positive out of it, like I'm getting bigger, stronger, faster. You know, my routes are getting better, uh, working on my tracking, my ball skills. So. What has life kind of been like for you on the East Coast? Because a lot of us here in the Midwest will get a different viewpoint of everything that's going on. You're not too far from, from New York City where things were pretty hairy for quite some time. How, is, how have you been able to adjust to life? How, is, how has this kind of changed your outlook on different things? Um, it's definitely been a, an adjustment, you know, um, Thankfully, I live in, you know, I live in the Bronx, New York, and uh, my friends, I go to school in Connecticut, so my friends are right up the next state over, and, you know, sometimes I go up to see them, and I chill with them for a little bit, you know, we work out, and one of my friends is a gym, so, you know, I, I try to stay active during this whole thing, and try to make the best of it, uh, I see my family a lot, you know, I try to see my brother every now and then, you know, I'm really close with him, and my other brother's out in Seattle, so it's harder for that, but, you know, I just try to stay, stay and touch everybody and make sure that, you know, try to keep, at least keep my life and my family's life as normal as possible. Do you feel that if you played high school football in in Florida or Texas, a bigger market school, that your overall profile would be a little bit higher than it is right now? Uh, I've actually heard from numerous of coaches and recruiters that if I played, you know, in a different market that I would be recruited by different schools and maybe some higher schools. And just because I played Connecticut, and Connecticut isn't very much known for high school football over the past few years that um, my stock isn't as high. You know, you transferred from a boarding school in Massachusetts um, to, to the Taft School, like you mentioned, in Connecticut, I think before your sophomore year, right? Yep. What, why did you make that change, and how has it changed you athletically and, and physically and as a football player? Um, I made the change, one, because my, my old school was a, it was a junior boarding school, so it only went up to freshman year, so I graduated in 2018, and uh, then I was looking for high schools, and I was looking at a bunch of schools up in the Northeast, a couple, you know, in, uh, down south, but I like the ones in the Northeast, and I picked half because I like what Coach really had going on. Um, I like the, the, the kids that we had bringing in my year, and it showed because, you know, first year, uh, my first year, we won a championship. And, you know, that just shows to, you know, the kids buying in and Coach Whitley and, you know, athletically, you know, they help because we do strength every uh, Wednesday after practice and things like that. So athletically and strength-wise, tap, you know, it prepares you well. He has called you extremely impressive athletically, and you've called yourself versatile and dynamic. Where does that come from? Is that something that you've kind of already – always naturally had in your skill set, or is that something that has come from you working with the coaches at Taft? I would say a little bit of both. Um, I, I'd like to think of myself naturally. I have a pretty good athletic ability, and, you know, I, I use that to my advantage. Uh, I play three sports, and, um, you know, I'm glad that I'm thankful Coach Willie said that. And, you know, I call myself versatile and dynamic because, on the field, I can play 
all four of these positions. I can play outside to the boundary, outside to the field, or inside to the boundary to the field. And I'm just trying to make plays and be a playmaker and, you know, take the top off the defenses and, you know, make big plays. What position came first for you, safety or, or receiver? What were you drawn to first naturally? Uh, receiver. And then, then so kind of safety just came by, by numbers or because that you felt it would almost help you get on the field more, it would help almost make you maybe a more well-rounded wide receiver because you know the safety spot, you have to know what wide receivers are doing at all times. Yeah, so uh, it's funny you say that because my uh, coach really recruited me to tap as a receiver. And I got there and there were, I had to wait my turn a little bit. There were some receivers ahead of me and, my sophomore year, I actually didn't play that much receiver. I actually played more safety than receiver. Um, and junior year, I, I, our sophomore spring and winter, I really started working on my craft. And junior year, I came back and coach really, I was started on offense, both sides of the ball. And he trusted me, and he started drawing up plays for me. And I had a really good, you know, breakout junior year. Yeah, last season I got down for 36 catches for 549 yards and eight touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, 316 kick return yards, and two more scores and two interceptions. That's a pretty solid, well-rounded year, Skylar. Is there one number that I just read off for our listeners that maybe even surprised yourself a little bit with what you were able to do? Um, I would say the the kickoff return yards. Um, because Coach Whitley, uh, going into the season, he told uh, me and my teammate Deontay that, you know, teams probably weren't going to kick it to us, uh, being that, you know, last year and, you know, just because of scouting and game planning. And first game, uh, they kicked it to me, and the first game of the season, I, I took it back. And then uh, he, Coach Willie really told me, he was like, hey, like, teams are probably, like, never going to kick it to you. So they started, like, moving me up a little bit, and uh, I only got two more kickoffs after that, and one of them I took back. So that was, you know, that was probably surprising to me, being that I was, I was more worried about not getting kickoff returns. Team started to learn their lesson a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. We're talking with Skylar Bell here, uncommitted wide receiver out of Connecticut. And, you know, Skylar, how challenging has this recruitment been for you considering the inability of you to take visits, official or otherwise, to schools that you really are considering? Um, it's definitely been tough, you know, um, it, it makes it more of a, 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 a process where I kind of have to go into it a little bit uncertain of, you know, what the campus is like and, you know, what it's like actually being on campus, but I have to trust. That's why I've been building so, um, so many relationships with coaches because I have to trust those coaches that I have to take their word for everything that they're saying to me and, you know. I told I, I told every school I was like I need you. We need to be honest because you know this whole thing. I can't visit and I can't see things for myself. So you know it, it's more about trust than you know building relationships. How many visits have you had to cancel because of the extended dead period due to the coronavirus? Um, I would say around five to six. You came up with a top six in early April, and that was Georgia Tech, Iowa, Northwestern, Rutgers, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest. Uh, it's a really solid list that all kind of have a little bit of uh, similarities to them, especially the three Big Ten schools. I'm curious, what did you see in those six schools that made them your leaders at that time? Um, 
um, those six schools were the schools that were recruiting me the hardest. You know, they were the schools that showed that they wanted me there and that I could be a difference maker there. Um, and then also I like, you know, how they how they brought me in and, you know, some of those schools went out of their way to create FaceTime calls and Zoom calls and show me campus and show me new things and just trying to give me all the information I need because, you know, they knew I wasn't going to be able to visit, so they were trying to provide everything virtually. You previously were planning to announce your commitment uh, May 20th. Had, had you made a decision or were you pretty close to a decision when you came up with that date? Um, I actually wasn't. I was more um, wanting to fi- find out where I'm going by that day rather than I wasn't actually, my decision wasn't really made up. But, you know, um, I was, you know, I was considering, you know, I was getting close to my decision, but my decision wasn't really made. Which, was there an offer that had a bigger impact on you delaying your commitment? Because Wisconsin and West Virginia offered, I think, right after or not too long after you came out with that May 20th date, and then you eventually decided that you were going to push it back. Did one of those schools or did both those schools offering you kind of give you pause a little bit that maybe I should just, you know, give myself some more time to make this choice? Uh, yeah, I would say a little bit, and then um, I would say it had to do, my my mom actually told me that, you know, she wanted, this was before the dead grade had been extended, and she wanted to make sure that I was making the right decision, and they wanted to visit schools, and so we pushed it back a little bit, and, you know, just give given every school an equal opportunity to, you know, show me why I should be there, and, you know, we took that time, and we thought it was the best decision for me. How hard has it been on you and your family just to evaluate schools from a strictly online perspective? I mean, there's, you know, you can get all the, the bells and whistles from Zoom calls and official visits, virtual official visits, but not being able to see the campus and see the locker rooms and see the stadiums yourself, how challenging is that for you to kind of get a sense of what this school is actually all about? Um, it's actually extremely challenging. Um, I it, it's harder than, you know, it looks, I would say, um, especially because, you know, this is uncharted territory. Nobody in the world has ever been through this before. So we're kind of just trying to play it day by day and, you know, take each day and look at each school and think about where, you know, think about which, which schools have the pros and cons and just trying to make the best decision for, for me and my family. You told Rivals.com recently that you're, you're primarily focused on five schools, three that you had before, Iowa, Rutgers, and Virginia Tech. But now West Virginia and Wisconsin are in that mix as well. I want to touch on a couple of them. You know, Iowa has really been there from the start for you. They've been, I think, one of your longest offers. Um, what about that, that program really has you intrigued uh, with their style of play, their pro-style offense, and just their overall kind of uh, culture that they have there that has you uh, really interested in, in that program? So, um, Iowa was the first school to offer me. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were literally the first school to, you know, believe in me and think that I could play at that level. And, you know, that that, that means a lot to me because uh, my sophomore spring, not a lot of schools were, you know, not a lot of schools were offering, but, you know, schools were interested in things like that. And Iowa was the first school to pull the trigger on me. And I like their coaching staff a lot. I know they have a lot going on right now, and, you know, I'm taking that into consideration. But um, I've talked to – I 
one of my team, one of my former teammates is a wide receiver there, and I talked to him about everything that's going on, and he says that, you know, they're getting everything fixed, and, you know, they're trying to build a, a, the right culture over there, and, you know, it, uh, it's good because I know that, you know, Deontay would never, you know, he would never lead me down the wrong path, and I'm glad that I have him there, and I talked to Coach Ferens and Coach Copeland, and, you know, we're, we, we have a great relationship. I've known them for, you know, a year now, a year and some change, and, you know, just keep, I'm just going to keep building a relationship with them and, you know, see where things go. Hey, talk about De- Deontay Vines for those that aren't familiar, and how, uh, that has to be comforting to, I mean, you can hear one thing from a coach, but a coach is trying to sell you on a, a, on a specific angle to get you to, to be more interested in the school. With a guy like Deontay, a former teammate, he'll, more often than not, you're going to get straight from him. How important is that to have someone who is not only a, a teammate and a friend at that school, but a, but a player who's playing the position that you're being recruited to play, giving you that kind of insight into the school? Yeah, it, it, it definitely means a lot. You know, it, it definitely helps a lot, too. You know, I know me and Deontay are very close. You know, I, I consider Deontay family like a brother to me. And uh, I just, I, I, I believe everything. I'm not going to say that. Deontay would never, you know, I don't think he would ever lead me down the wrong path, and it means a lot that, it means and it helps a lot that he's there and he's at Iowa, and, you know, he can give me the the, the, the details about what's going on, you know, there and not leave anything out, because, you know, like you said, coaches might say something to sell me, but it's different coming from a player that, you know, I've known for years, for a couple of years, and we play the same position, and, you know, we're coming from almost the same area, so you know we're, our experiences are going to be pretty similar. So I'm glad that I have them there. How surprised were you by the uh, scholarship offer from Wisconsin? I was, I was, I was a little in, not in shock, but I was, I was definitely a little bit. Uh, it was definitely a little bit surreal because um, I have been coach really has been uh, talking to me about Wisconsin and telling me about how he's reaching out to them and you know trying to you know get them you know, on board and things like that. And uh, after they pulled the trigger, I was I was excited because, you know, everybody knows Wisconsin is, is the real deal. That's a, that's a top five program almost every year. And, you know, they're trying to get over that hump of, you know, that Big Ten championship, and they're trying to take that next step to win a national championship. And, you know, they think I can be a part of that. What's your relationship been like with the new wide receiver coach there, Elvis Witted? Especially since your relationship has been mostly over the phone and and online, that you haven't had that real face to face, those face to face conversations yet. How have you been building that relationship, and how comfortable do you feel with him at this point? Uh, I feel really comfortable with Wisconsin. Uh, me and Coach Witted have a great relationship. I, I talk to him pretty much twice twice a week. Uh, not always about football. Sometimes you know you're just talking and. He's a great dude, and, you know, he knows, he thinks that he can help me, you know, take that next step and hopefully become an NFL player, which is my goal. And, you know, he wants to win championships, and he tells me all the time that, you know, people might say Wisconsin is just run-heavy team, but, you know, he's, he, he thinks that if I come there that I can, you know, if I work for it and I, you know, I put in the work, I can, you know, help open up the offense a little bit and make Wisconsin a little bit more dynamic. Do you see a lot of similarities between Wisconsin's offense and Iowa's offense? They're one of the few schools in the Big Ten that still really utilize that pro-style offense with the tight end and, and the power running game. Have, can you see a lot between those two that 
that makes you kind of say, hey, I could I could fit in in both these offenses and be successful? Yeah, uh, both of those offenses are, are a little bit similar. You know, they're, both those offenses are, are built on the run game, but, you know, they will open it up and throw the ball a little bit and get the ball to playmakers like players like uh, Quintez Cephas at Wisconsin and then over at Iowa like Amir Smith-Marset or Brandon Smith. So, you know, there's always room in the wide receiver room to, you know, open up the offense. And I'm glad that, you know, both those schools see something to me that, you know, I can be a part of that and hopefully be the next one uh, to, you know, be great at either one of those those schools. A couple more minutes here with Skylar Bell uh, Taft High School in Connecticut. Still debating between a number of really good scholarship opportunities that he has. Uh, what have these virtual visits been like for you? Uh, what did you learn about Wisconsin and West Virginia solely by talking to the coaches and seeing the campus from an online perspective? Um, I would say, you know, uh, those schools, you know, they, they came in a little bit late to the uh in my recruitment but you know like like i said you know i wanted to give these school equal opportunity and they've shown me nothing but 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 good vibes and you know i've they they've built a good relationship with me and uh online and i've facetimed with you know the head coach and the oc and the receiving coaches from, from both schools and you know they just seem like really great schools and schools that i can you know see myself at how do the virtual official visits compare to the actual visits that you've taken? Because I know you visited Rutgers, and I think you visited a couple others uh, closer to you. How do you. How do you compare them? Are they just as good? Are they not quite as good? Or kind of how do you how do you view just the virtual vi- visits? Yeah, uh, virtual visits, you know, they're great and all, but, you know, it's nothing like being on campus. Uh, you know, I went to Rutgers. I've, I've been to Yale and Georgia Tech and, uh, even, you know, just just being being on the campus itself is just different, you know. It's, it's different than looking at it through a computer screen because when you're on campus, you, you see kids, you see how they interact, you see the coaches, you see how the coaches interact with each other and with the players, and it, it's just a different vibe. But, you know, the, the virtual visits are as good as it gets right now, so, you know, you just got to keep, keep riding with that. As we stand today, Skylar, who, what – school do you think is recruiting you the hardest or schools do you think are recruiting you the hardest that that really want you to be a part of that recruiting class um i would say uh wisconsin iowa Rutgers, uh virginia tech and west virginia when you evaluate do you look at depth chart do you look at other uh 2021 uh, recruits um do you look at uh, coaches, do you look at what? What do you all kind of look at that beyond kind of the football aspect, like like teammates, depth chart? What, do you evaluate any of that, or do you? Is that just like a s- small piece of the pie for you? Uh, yeah, I look at that a lot, you know, because I got to look at the depth chart to see how many, you know, if if I have a chance of playing, and you know, because if a school only has zero receivers graduating, then I'm going to have to, you know, really work for my spot and or wait, wait my turn. And, you know, I, I, my goal is to play when I step foot on campus, so I'm going to grind and work and compete to get that spot. And, you know, schools, some schools have a few receivers graduating, some schools have one or two, some schools have, you know, three to four, or some even five. So, it's, you know, it, it varies, and, you know, I definitely take that into consideration. 
We had uh, Wisconsin quarterback commit Deacon Hill on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and Deacon said that, you know, we don't have any wide receivers in our 2021 class, and who do we want the most? And he mentioned you, that he's been really active uh, trying to talk to you and get you a little bit more interested in the program. Uh, does that mean something to you that not just a coaching staff wants you, but the quarterback who could potentially be throwing you passes uh, for four or five years is a guy that really wants you to be a part of the program? Does that What kind of impact does that have on you? I have a great impact. You know, um, I actually, funny you mentioned that Deacon actually just texted me a few minutes ago. And, uh, he, I talked to Deacon a lot. You know, I have him on, on Snap and Instagram and Twitter and all that. And, you know, we, we talk a bunch. I've actually talked to a bunch of the Wisconsin kids, all, almost all of the 21 commits. And, you know, they, they seem like great guys. And, you know, that class really seems bonded. Uh, I've, I've actually even talked to, you know, kids on campus. I've talked to Graham. Graham Mertz, uh, one of the quarterbacks, and, you know, he says they want me there. Uh, you know, I've talked about a lot there in the offensive room, and, you know, they, they're ready to, you know, take that next step, but they just need, you know, uh, a receiver to, you know, build that with. So, uh, Wisconsin is definitely, you know, uh, recruiting hard. Initially, you said that you were looking for a college with a great family feel, which is understandable since you're going to be, you know, in theory going away from the East Coast to some of these schools. Um, over the last few months, with everything that's been going on, has that has your opinion changed of, of the family feel? Is it still the most important thing for you, or has something else become more important with the schools that you're looking at? Um, I would say that it, it's still up there. I, w- I would have I don't know if it's still the most important. Um, it's definitely up there, though. Definitely top three of the reasons that I would go to a school because I want to be comfortable at a school, and you know I want to make sure that you know not only am, am I happy where I'm at, but you know my family is happy where I'm at. They they feel comfortable sending me to a school that they know that I'm going to be okay with, even if it's you know halfway across the country or maybe even a few hours away, a school like Virginia Tech or even Rutgers you know, an hour away. So, you know, it's different um, for, for each school, and I just want to make sure that I'm comfortable. So what's kind of your timeline now, Skylar, and how, how dependent is your timeline on these in-person visits uh, to some of these schools and whether or not there's going to be in-person visits this fall with all the uncertainties still kind of up in the air? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm actually about to uh, talk to my family about that soon, and, you know, we're going to come out and, I might, I might have a date ready to, you know, make a decision. I might not, but I'm going to talk with my family and my coach, and, you know, hopefully, you know, we get some good some good news out of it, and hopefully, you know, we get closer and closer to a decision because, you know, um, I'm getting – it's tough, and, you know, there's schools that uh, they're, like, neck and neck, and, you know, it's, it's a tough decision, so we're just trying to make sure it's the right one. Last one for you. What, what are you hoping for out of your senior year? Has there been kind of a determination of, of what you guys as a league are going to do for this upcoming season? Are you hoping to play some games, all your games? And if so, what do you want to accomplish your senior year to get you ready for that next level? Uh, uh, sadly, our senior season got canceled a couple of weeks ago, but um, hopefully, you know, our Founders League coaches are meeting today and hopefully, you know, they come out with you know, a model that we can maybe play in the spring and we play in the spring, uh, hopefully we can, I want to be able to say that, you know, uh, I want to break a couple of the records, you know, a lot of, a couple of records are set by Deontay, so I want to break some of those and then 
ultimate goal is to win Gatorade Player of the Year for Connecticut. So if we do get to play, that would be, you know, a big goal of mine. And obviously to win the New England Championship. You just want bragging rights over Deontay because you stole his records, right? That's the goal, basically? Get some bragging rights over your buddy? Yeah, yeah. Always a competitor. That's always a smart decision. Um, Scholar Bell from the Taft School in Connecticut joined us on the program, kind enough to give us so much of his time. Scholar, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Good luck on your decision, and stay healthy, and hopefully we'll be hearing from you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That was Skylar Bell. You can follow him on Twitter at SkylarBell5. And you can follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation and follow us on Twitter, the Rivals account, at Badger underscore Blitz. I mentioned earlier about Wisconsin and their ten uh, presumed 10-game schedule. Kind of a unique thing. I put this poll up on Twitter a little while ago and wrote a story about it. I asked, of the four teams currently not on Wisconsin's schedule, Ohio State, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Penn State, who as a Wisconsin fan would you most want to see? I got some pretty good responses. 1,500 or so people voted. And Ohio State was the leader in the clubhouse with over 37% of the vote. That surprised me a little bit. I thought a lot of people would go for Michigan State or they would go for Rutgers just because they're a little bit easier um, in terms of Competition. Ohio State, as most of us know, have beaten Wisconsin eight consecutive times, and the Buckeyes look like a national title contender this year if a season is played. But if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and I think that the Buckeyes will be a, tr- a really good test for Wisconsin if they play them at any point this year, if they wind up on the schedule, especially with, you know, even though tail- tailback J.K. Dobbins is gone off the Buckeyes, Justin Fields, Heisman Trophy candidate, is still there. And Wisconsin's easily Wisconsin's strength this year is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. But plenty of things Wisconsin has to figure out on offense, especially since they didn't have a, a spring camp. You have to figure out your interior offensive line. You got to figure out your running back, and you need some wide receivers to poke up. And you have to see Jack Cohn, who had a really solid 2019 season, take that next step as a starter his senior year. Uh, this this upcoming fall. We did a countdown of the most important Badgers for this team moving into this season. Number one, uh, consistent uh, consensus number one from our staff was Jack Cohn. Wisconsin needs great quarterback play this year if they're going to take the next step. Uh, but just those percentages, Ohio State 37%, Rutgers almost 26%, Penn State uh, 24.8%. And Michigan State. No one wants to see Michigan State this year. No one wants to see former UW defensive back Mel Tucker in his first head coaching year with the Spartans. Just 12.5% of those who voted want to see the Spartans on the schedule. And a funny thing, if the Big Ten is going to try and localize the schedules to keep teams as close to their campuses as possible, the Spartans and the Badgers will be playing each other this season. We'll all find out together. Hopefully we'll have some good news to share next week, some good things to talk about. Hopefully we'll talk about the start of camp. And hopefully we can talk about more uh, rosy things. Maybe a commitment or two. Maybe Skylar Bell will commit over the weekend. You just never know. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the weather. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. And stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next week on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.